Here's what you missed on the last episode of Colony Confidential. It already is single digits, but if you think about that, um, they if, if you push them hard enough, they're not going to give in on the credit card because of just what you said, because of the fee that they have to pay. It's cheaper for them to say, you know what? I'll give you the extra 90 days rather than the credit card company, because that just costs them their cost of capital, not two and a half percent. If you think about that two and a half percent being 30 days, right, then that two and a half percent times 12 months, mm-hmm. right? So so what's that? You know, that's the interest rate. It's really quite high. So if you push a vendor hard enough and they absolutely won't do a credit card, you say, well, I need the 30 days and then push them a little harder. And the reason you need the the extra 30 days is, well, that, that's your business, but they may give you that extra 30 days, but they're not going to do it on a credit card because now they got to pay. Right. Um, you know, it's almost 30% if you think about it, right? For 30 days, two and a half percent. Well, yeah, it's, uh, there's all sorts of ways to save for sure for all of us. Um, one of it is squeezing your vendors, <laughs> for sure. So here's here's another question from Michael has a landscape and pest control business in Ohio. And his question is, what is your advice on marketing for a small company? I have two locations in my state and I've grown by an average of 12% each year. What should I do to continue scaling? So the first thing is hire PCO bookkeepers. And the uh, second is to... Uh, determine, uh, you know, usually uh, local companies, you know, you, you want to get involved with local, you know, the chamber, you want to get involved with Little League and stuff like that. So that stuff works on a local level. But really, there's what I've seen over the last several years, there's two main things that work now. Uh, it used to be yellow pages, right? Everything was yellow pages. That doesn't work anymore. But what we see is digital and door-to-door. And door-to-door is very, very expensive. Um, and there's different plays on it. Like there are some pros that come into town and they uh, just really, um, you know, map out the, the, the development and then they go for it. And uh, but it's very, very expensive and you really have to know what you're doing. So the you know, that leaves digital. So digital um what digital will do is, um, you know, that that's pay-per-click, that's SEO, that's social, right? Social is, is actually a cheap way to go, meaning Facebook, uh, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, that kind of thing. But it's hard to scale, right? Because people aren't looking on Facebook for pest control companies, although there might be like a town forum that you could advertise in. And, and the cost per leads are cheap. You just don't get a ton of them. Um, so really, in my opinion, um, you know, you're, you're left with SEO, which is, you know, that's a long, slow burn. But the way to, to really uh, push it forward is uh, with pay-per-click, Google pay-per-click. And depending on where, you know, if you're near a big city, it's going to cost you more. If you're in a small town, it'll cost you less. But that's, um, you know, that that's the way to go. And you've got to get yourself a digital agency who knows what they're doing. And there's several of them out there. You know, we talk about uh, Coal March and uh, there's, there's others in the industry who are industry specific. One thing I don't like doing is using a non-industry specific ad agency because they're charging you and you're teaching them on your dollar. Uh, the, the industry specific people know, you know, what words to, to that, that, that um, you know, make money in terms of ad words and, and how to, um, 
you know how to push it so those are the things but uh, really if you're in a small town it's um, you know there's a lot of uh, um, goodwill that you can do through sponsoring a little league team getting involved with the chamber of commerce and that kind of thing yeah I agree um, so just for those listening like my father that have no idea about the acronyms SEO stands for search engine optimization and PPC stands for pay-per-click um, and there are a lot of good companies, and I think digital for this person, I would, uh, if, if you listened, Michael, to our Search Kings episode, I hope you're Google guaranteed. Um, that's one way to do it. Uh, Google's really trying to, um, well, they are changing the game constantly, but the Google guarantee piece, and I think it costs you about 30, somewhere between 30 and $40 per lead, and then it's just about closing them. And then the PPC piece is when you get a cold march or a search Kings or someone like that, that understands it. And, and a market that a lot of people are missing that uh, we spoke about with other people in San Diego is YouTube ads. That's something you're going to see more of. Yeah. I I've heard that you're going to see more of it and, but I haven't seen it. And, and a lot of people talk about social, social, like Facebook, like you got to be there, but, and and the, when you get a lead, it's very, very cheap. The problem is you can't get a ton of them. So, um, you know, uh, I'd keep experimenting. Um, you know, more and more people use uh, YouTube for, you know, do-it-yourselfers, you know, learning things, you know, uh, just uh, watching the videos. And, um, you know, they're going to see your ad pop up. So, uh, but I think that... Um, uh, you know, pay-per-click, uh, PPC, um, you know, uh, a- absolutely, Joe, you're right, Google Local, I didn't even um, talk about that, but uh, that that's an up-and-comer, and that's that's a pretty neat one as well. I think that's a really good idea, but, you know, Google's going to own the world, and, and, and you're going to have to buy from them. Google <laughs> and Amazon. Yeah, right. Amazon so too. The do- I mean, the door-to-door is a huge conversation throughout the country because you have those big companies like Active bringing their business model. I mean, it's in it's in New York and New Jersey now. I had uh, this past uh, spring, I had uh, Active people knock on my door probably five or six times <laughs> and their trucks are everywhere here in uh, northern New Jersey. So um, they're yeah. definitely... a forced to reckon with yes but the the door-to-door has become such a big thing that there are now towns that are passing laws that you can't do door-to-door i don't think it's going to stop anyone depending on how big the fine is but that's how much this door-to-door has changed marketing so that is really interesting right so i live in a town and um you know it, it, it's a nice town and 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 i woke up one day my local newspaper is called the mount olive chronicle on the front page was an article called special treatment for firm i just pulled it up on my computer pest company threatens lawsuit township backs down so aptive sued my town or went to threaten to sue my town and they backed down and aptive is doing this in a lot of townships because evidently there's some sort of constitutional uh, law that it's, it's it's freedom of speech or whatever. And I'm not a lawyer. I can't tell you why, but I can tell you that they've got a team of attorneys. And if my town backed away, I'm sure they felt like, you know, that, that they wouldn't win it. So, you know, um, um, 
you know, it, it's, it's, it's coming and, 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 you know, the bigger door to door companies are, are fighting back and, and they're winning. So, um, you know, that's good to hear. And yeah, it's interesting. And also door to door. So a lot of people get kind of bitter on door to door because they are, they're, they're coming in, they're kicking a lot of people's butts. But one of the things that, um, there's a, uh, there's a, a company called Specialty Consultants, and uh, this this guy Gary Curl and his job, one of his jobs, is to estimate the size of the uh, pest control market in North America, and um, so he, um, you know interviews all the chemical manufacturers and whatnot. And then because we know that chemicals need to be a certain percentage of revenues, he, you know, he backs in, does all these calculations. And NPMA kind of follows him, PCT follows him, P- PMP follows him. And he estimates the North American market to be about eight and a half billion dollars professional pest control, right? But if you talk to some of the manufacturers, that's probably about 15 or 20% or less of the entire pest control market. The rest is do-it-yourselfers, right? So when you go into Home Depot and to Lowe's and whatnot, and you see, you know, all of the, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, pesticides and whatnot, that's all the do-it-yourselfers. So what, what's, what I think is happening, and, and, and I've talked to other people and they kind of agree, is that, yeah, these door-to-door guys are taking some of your business and everybody else's business, but they're also expanding the market because they're talking people into who people who might have been a do-it-yourselfer into trying their service, so uh, it's having an effect on expanding the market. So I actually think it's 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 good for the uh, overall industry. Although if if they come to your town, you know they'll they'll really uh, take you off because they're very very aggressive. And I agree with that that the door to door is good for us, and I think it's going to drive the market up. The $8.5 billion mark, though, were you in CO2 when Donnie did his mathematical equation and came up with $35 billion? Yeah, so he's talking about expanding and whatnot and, and it expanding. But right now, it's eight and a half. What, you know you know what would be, I, I don't know if it's an hour's worth of content, but this guy, Gary Curl, is really, really interesting. He would be a great guy for you to, to, to do one of these uh, podcasts with. He's in Mendham, New Jersey. It's uh, called Specialty Consultants. His name is Gary Curl. He's a consultant to the industry. Yeah. Might, it's, it's a big deal what he does. Um, and, and PCT subscribes to it. And if you look at, uh, I believe, NPMA, you know, every year they do their annual report. So if you look at last year's, it kind of quotes them. And that $8.5 billion number is a number that most people agree on. I, I, and look, I agree with that, too. I just thought that Donnie's math was very interesting. He he took it out to the you know bring in the do it yourselfers and the and and the way the population's changing. So he kind of uh, pushed it out and, and extrapolated. But but the eight and a half billion that's what it is now, or that's what it was last year. And, and this year it's going to climb closer to ten, right? Twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. It, it uh, you know PCT has a lot of that stuff, but uh, you know I know that that's the number. You know what's really interesting about that eight and a half billion? The reason that it got me really interested 
was because what we did, you know, we do all this accounting for clients. We have over 300 clients. And if we add up all of the revenue that we, that, that of all of our clients, if we put everybody together, we're well in excess of 600, approaching $700 million. If you take out the couple billion or the few billion from Terminex and Orkin, we're running about 15% of the entire industry through PCO bookkeepers. And so that allows us to do our cost studies and, um, give the, the industry a lot of really good information. That, that's the, that, that's when I started becoming really interested in that number because I wanted to know how much of the industry do we have, which by the way, you can also do, um, you know, uh, Donnie was talking about uh, figuring out, you know, what you have in, in, a, in a town, right? So you add up the number of houses and then you figure out, um, you know, uh, um, you know, what percentage of people buy pest control and then how many of the houses do you have and what percentage of the market do you have? So you can figure that out. We're, we're constantly looking at that as an accounting firm, but you can, you can do those same numbers as a pest control firm as well. Anybody not using PCO bookkeepers, um, the metrics that you get from them. And it's basically, Dan, obviously correct me if, if I'm wrong on any of it. They give you this wonderful report at the end of every month that basically shows you where you're at compared to the 300 plus companies that they do as far as all your labor costs, your gas costs, your, your auto costs. They, they break that down into this wonderful chart that just says you're, you're, you're doing better, you're doing average, or you're, you're in the red or however you want to call it, and you need to look at this more to get that number back more to an average. It's, it's great. I love it. Speaking about Pest Pack Select, for those of you starting out or if you're converting right now, you may want to start here. It has majority of what you need from scheduling, routing. It even has the dashboards, running reports, payments, productivity in the field, route optimization, account management. Basically, Pest Pack Select is one streamlined system that gives you support for all stages of your business and the life cycle of your business. That's pretty much what we do. So you get it right spot on. So, and we do accounts payable, a bunch of other things. And, and you know, we talk to people and tell them what we're seeing and, you know, if ha, how to correct it. You know, I owned a pest control company a, a, a while back, so I've got some operational experience. Sometimes when I talk to, to, to PMPs and uh, I start talking about chemicals, they're like, whoa, you're, you know, my account could never talk about fripanol or, you know, any of the chemicals being used. So it's, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing. And, and uh, because we work with all these routing softwares, all of our client managers in our office, we're kind of like the second uh, tier of, of, of help desk for the pest packs to serve suites, the pest routes. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Very helpful. Um, so you always say that this is the best time to be in the pest control industry. Why? I love the pest control industry for a bunch of reasons. So from just a sheer money point of view, you're working in a business that's 50 to 55% gross margin. If you look around at other businesses, most are lower, right? That means that you have the opportunity to make more money with less volume in pests. So we talked about, you know, um, um, the, the distribution business, right? So if I'm making, you know, 10%, on a, on a million dollars, right? So that's $10,000. If I'm making 50% gross margin on my pest control on a million dollars, that's, um, you know, that's a half a million dollars. So that's, um, you know, I'm sorry, the 10% is a hundred thousand, not 10,000, but, but so you can see the difference, right? Um, 
that said, you know, from a from a just a strictly financial perspective, and a, and you know, you got to wonder why are all these private equity firms chasing us because they they love the recurring revenue model. But uh, forget about the money, the industry itself, just that conference that we were at last week, you know, um, I, I, we have a, a new fellow working with us and I brought him to that conference and, and I asked him what he thought of it. And he said, I've never seen an industry like this where everybody's sharing and everybody's helping one another. And I think what it is, is it's, you know, there's definitely a fraternity or a brotherhood, but it's, you know, the government's trying to restrict our, our usage of pesticides and, 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 you know, uh, you know, that we're getting attacked from many different directions. So I think that the, that, that the industry all kind of bands together so that we can work together to, to, to fight that. And in doing that, you, you develop some amazing friendships, uh, you know, um, you know, most of my friends are in the pest control business, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, those, so, so you got a, a money aspect, but you also just have a, a, you know, a really cool industry. It's, it's, it's not like, no, I agree. so you said gross margin 50 to 55%. Can you just explain to some people listening who aren't that probably what gross margin sure. is? Yeah. So basically, uh, if you have direct costs, direct costs are all costs associated with what happens on the road. That's your chemical, that's your technician labor, that's your uh, vehicle cost, uh, insurance on the vehicle, the, the fuel that you put in. If, if, if you take all your costs that happen on the road, right, that's about 45 to 50%. So you, you, you're selling uh, your service for $100 an hour. To put a man on the road, it's 50 to 50, or I'm sorry, it's 45 to $50, which means your gross margin is 50 to 55%. Now, with that, that that's not your profit in your, in your pocket. But what that is, is that contributes to pay all the fixed costs. So all the fixed costs are the costs that happen in the office. That's your CSRs. That's the rent of your office. That's the utilities. That's everything else. So let's say I have a 50% gross margin. Let's say that I have a, um, uh, you know, cost me $100,000 a month to run my office. That means that I have to do $200,000 in order to break even. Once I do $200,001, I make 50 cents and I start making 50% on all the overage after break even. So you could also do that, the the same token, you can do that on a company that's making a 10% gross margin, right? But the difference is that the the, the 10% gross margin, if we use that same $100,000 a month, I would have to do a million dollars right? In revenue in order to break even because that 10% of a million dollars is the hundred thousand to pay off my fixed cost, right? So that's one of the things that, um, you know, that, that, that's, uh, the, the beauty of the industry. If you want to take it a step further, let's say that you have a drug company and they, uh, develop some new drug, right. And they put a billion dollars into developing this new drug with all the regulatory and testing and everything. That first pill cost a billion dollars, right? Now you make two pills and it's a half a billion dollars. You make four, right? So you you see what, what's happening. And when you start hitting critical mass with those pills, then your gross margin approaches 90, 95, 98%, right? And that's probably the ultimate business to be in, except you've got this you know, massive fixed cost with the drug companies, but that's actually, you know, so so that's how you can look at it. So pest control at a 50% gross margin is better than most industries. Yeah. You know, I, 
funny you say that. When I got into it first, and, I, and people would ask me about this, that, and the other thing, is this progressed? They said, I don't believe it. I said, well, then don't believe it because you have one less guy got to compete with. But uh, it just amazed me from, I mean, I worked in a bank. <laughs> when I, even when I worked for pest control companies, I couldn't believe uh, the money and what I, the bonuses that you got for selling and stuff like that. It was, when I was 21 years old, it just opened up a whole new world to me. But So here's a, a real interesting thing. So I, we were at the conference and I was taught, there's two ways to make money in this business. You stay small or get really big, right? When, when you start going from a few hundred thousand dollars to that million and a half or so, you got to hire some middle management and you take a step backwards. But I was talking to some people who wanted to sign up with us at that conference and it was a husband and wife team. And the husband had a, a part-timer working for him and he ran a route. This guy was making probably about $400,000 a year as a sole owner, you know, with a, a part-time guy, right? And and now they're, they've hired guys and, and, and whatnot, and they're like, well, we got to go to the next level, but we don't understand why we're not making that kind of money. Well, if, if you're the technician and the bookkeeper and, the, you know, everything else, and you're doing, you know, $450,000, $500,000, your only costs are, you know, your materials, your insurance, your vehicle, and, and the rest just drops to the bottom line, right? So that's why you either stay small or get big. But but it's a very, very difficult spot, that million and a half, or I'm sorry, that half a million or so to, to that million and a half, around two million, um, because you're, you're, you're building it out. But once you get over that hump, then you start making a lot of money. Yeah, it's like climbing a hill. Once you get up to the top and you come down the other side, it's better. <laughs>